And we just thought a reward. Ah, so it's money. So it's money. You well, want money? Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, why not? Listen to me. Am I out of line Let here? Me listen to me. You two clowns. Listen to me very, very carefully. You have no idea what you're doing. And I warn you. You warn us. You warn us. Yes. yes. You warn I, us. Yes. Let me tell you something, Mr. Intelligence. Let me we warn you. Listen. We will call you back with our demands. Cut. Hello? Hello? Chad. Listen. Don't. Just, just no, want... Chad. Don't play his game. Explain how this Sorry. Jeez. I'm nervous, that guy. What is up, everyone? My name is Jake, and you have found another episode of The Rotten Pea, a podcast where four, <coughs> four friends review movies you absolutely should have seen, and I'm here with three of my friends. I'm Zach. I think... I'm Zach. I think Zach was muted Congrats for on finding this episode. Yeah, you know, it's hard. They're hard to find. I mean, I hope so. Otherwise... Uh, more people should be listening. <laughs> Otherwise, people are choosing not to listen. Yeah. So you just tell yourself that they're hard to find. Yeah. I put everyone's it, searching for them and can't find them. Yeah. I put it on my Instagram and I assume that people uh, just don't really know how to navigate from Instagram to Spotify, you know? it's That's fair. It, yeah. It's challenging. Otherwise, like 80 of you aren't doing it. <laughs> that's how many followers you have. No, that's just like the, the delta between our listeners and the... And the followers. Mm. <laughs> Is that like the mamas and the papas, the band, the listeners and the followers? Yeah. So dibs on that band name. The listeners and the followers? Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> What's up? I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. And it's just us three. <laughs> Scott is uh, called in sick today. Trying really hard to not participate. It's this like episode. it's like a little after nine o'clock and Scott is half asleep. Yeah. Which I mean, Scott usually goes to sleep at about 730 p.m. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I just want to let listeners know that we're working on like trying to revamp our recording schedule in order to be more energetic most of the time. And Scott was the one who suggested that we spend days on end recording multiple episodes, but can't manage to stomach doing one. Nope. <laughs> From what I understand, this was uh, your idea. That's that, what they say. <laughs> are you just a little too tired to remember? Yep. So you'll hear from Scott at the end of the episode. You'll hear from Scott. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of just one word, like just asking a lot of one word answers and it'll be good. Yeah. You'll sure. hear from Scott when he's spoken to. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's it going, guys? It's going well for me. Yeah. I, I feel wide awake. And me too, honestly. I feel wide good. awake, but you're barely breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I, have I think it's still awake. I don't know. Well, you know what? This guy's participated more than I thought he would already. <laughs> that's true. I'm I'm proud of him, honestly. Uh, what what is that from? I don't know what that's it's from. Some song. I don't know. Gotcha. Um, it's a Maroon Five. Still awake, but I'm barely breathing. Are you sure that's Maroon Five? No. Oh, yeah. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it is. Five. Are we sure this Pray is a to song? a god it, that I don't believe? It, it is a real song. song, but it's not Maroon Five. Yeah. Oh, I know this song. It's I not, got time, but still no reason. It's not Maroon Five. Yeah. I think it's uh, Daniel when Powder. When a heart breaks, oh, don't break even, yeah. even. What I, am I supposed to do? <laughs> yep, that's I, exactly you know, I'm falling to... That's not Burn 5. Okay, I, uh, well, sure. I think we've heard enough of it. <laughs> I, think, I think that Shazam would have the rest of the songs on up. the album, Zach? Can you sing those too? What? The rest of the songs on the album. 
on the I'm still yeah. not sure who it is. Welcome <laughs> Welcome to the Rotten Potatoes concert. <laughs> Where four friends review songs you absolutely should have heard already. It's, it's review songs that they may or may not have heard. Yeah. <laughs> we are the listeners and the followers. Yeah. And, and this, this is, is our, our cover band. <laughs> well, uh you might not have recognized it from that audio clip. M- Mostly because of all the movies that you absolutely should have seen already, this might be a deeper cut, but yeah, in my opinion, it's down with Steve Zissou. I ha- yeah I no yeah I would agree with maybe. that. No, but these are movies that, despite maybe uh, the uh, the cultural zeitgeist would disagree with us, I would say this one's more meme worthy. Like you, you see Brad Pitt's clips from this all the time. That's oh true. yeah. And I oh, think yeah. I had seen clips from this before I realized what the movie was. But I think Zisu is more iconic. That's a word that you could use to describe it. That's true. I Will don't know. Defoe is an icon in that movie. I just saw a picture of him today <laughs> in the short shorts. <laughs> yeah, squatting. yeah. Yeah. I, I see Zisu all over the place. I, I do love are Klaus. you that you see Steve Zisu all over the place the on the internet. Switchfoot the band, like, uh, <laughs> where are you going with that one? <laughs> I was about to tell you where I was going with it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Wherever it is, it's not what I'm expecting. <laughs> I was going to say, they like modeled one of their more recent tours, like all after Steve Zissou. But they played like Ben to Live. <laughs> yeah, probably. And then just like in between the rest of like swallowed whole. <laughs> he played their normal set just dressed like Steve Zissou. Okay. I, Do you I'm, think anyone got it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I That's my that, point. Of like the Venn diagrams of uh, Switchfoot fans and Steve Zissou fans, there's they're separate circles. I think it, it starts they don't overlap with, at all. It's just Zach. I think yeah. it, it starts and ends with me and the members of Switchfoot. Yeah. <laughs> you think Switchfoot and members Bill, or Switchfoot fans? And Bill Murray. Yeah. Do you think Steve, do you think Switchfoot knew what they were doing? Or do you think it was just like their costume artist is a big fan? <laughs> and they're like, I really like the hats. I can't tell you. I just uh, like the idea that John Foreman stops in the middle of of the uh, the performance, puts on a red hat, and looks at like you know I don't know who else is in the band to be honest. I can't with believe you. you could name one <laughs> member of Switch. I mean, John Foreman's kind of a big deal. John he looks Foreman, at any, Tim Foreman. He looks at his brother Tim and says, "Do you think they remember me?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the 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 fish. I just like to think that they're like you know we're twenty years into this. What do our 30-year-old Christian <laughs> alternative rock fans want to see us do? When are you guys starting your uh, Christian alternative rock podcast? Uh, That's never this. o'clock. I thought you guys had some kind of like review like Christian. We had talked about doing it. Zach, before we started this, I think, Zach and I had talked about maybe doing a podcast where we reviewed Christian music over the decades. Because we especially like, say, like, like chronicled it. Yeah, yeah, and and talked about, like, where they came from, what they're up to now, because, like, especially, like, you know, in the 90s and 2000s that we were listening to Christian music, it had massive overspill into secular culture and then just died off. Like, the same songs that you would hear on Air One for a while, you would hear on Kiss FM, but then at some point it just died. 
And yeah, so we had talked about like kind of going through that a little bit and talking about those artists, but yeah, then we did this podcast. So you're welcome, America. Maybe, yeah. maybe the talks want to hear it. I don't know. We're at the point where you have to say Switchfoot the band <laughs> because you're worried that nobody knows who you're talking about. I think about. we just pivot this podcast, just abandon the whole movie thing and just start reviewing Christian uh, music. I'll tell you what. I think what we do instead is uh, do a review of a Switchfoot song every episode. I'll tell you what. I will defend Zach for a moment. Uh, I was watching. Uh, do I need defending? Yeah. Was anyone attacking Zach? <laughs> Yeah, for for saying Switchfoot the band. No, I was just saying I that was a that was a jab at Switchfoot. <laughs> well, okay, then I'll defend Switchfoot for a second. Okay. I I was uh, watching a gear review from a company that I buy a lot of product from in my job, which is like studio and video work, and one of their like more recent uh, like big like hey let's show off a new product they chronicled a Switchfoot concert. They shot a Switchfoot concert with their new product. So I think that that like has something to say about their relevancy. I really thought that you were going to say every member of Switchfoot delivered your equipment. (laughs) (laughs) That's that was very possible. (laughs) They probably are roommates. Yeah. I think you could get them on your podcast. We should see if they can uh, come on Batchpad and talk about about The Bachelor. You know they were Matt's roommates. Were they really? Yeah. Oh, perfect. They would actually have something to contribute. (laughs) So, uh, Burn After Reading. Yeah, let's jump into Burn After Reading. Jake, you nominated this movie. Uh, Yeah, I had never seen it before, actually. I just... uh, (laughs) <laughs> thought it looked really funny. Zach, Zach, compose guy. yourself. Yeah. When did you <laughs> decide on this movie? Um, I decided on this movie about two minutes after Zach yelled at me for my other two picks on podcast. And then we wrapped and I was like, I couldn't think of any movies. And then I was like, wait, burn after reading. Yeah. What, what uh, was the one that you said on air? I think I said imitation game. Oh, that's right. And then I said, uh, it was nominated for best picture the same year. I, that no country for, I Old defended Men. you. I defended you for imitation game. Yeah. I think it's Zach, awesome. Why do you hate imitation game? I'm, I don't know what it is. Do I'm, you hate Alan Turing? I've never seen it. Oh, you just heard bad things. No, I, that's the thing is I've heard nothing about imitation game. So why would we talk about a movie that no one talks about? I, lots of people talked about it. It got nominated for best yeah, picture. No, I mean, a lot of no country. For a lot of men. people. Okay. That doesn't really mean anything at all. Uh, a lot of people talk about green book. I don't know what that is. Exactly. I, that's the uh, thing. It's it a won, movie about Aragorn it, being <laughs> racist. It won best picture. No one talks about it. It's not a movie. You absolutely should have seen similar to imitation game. I don't know. I, I disagree. I think imitation game is absolutely a movie. You should have seen. I think for me, like I've seen a lot of his performance. I think it's one of Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch's best performances. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I've never seen it. I just don't think it's right for the is podcast. That, is that the one where he's like doing World War II tech? Yeah. Oh, I've seen that. He's <laughs> doing <laughs> World War II tech? Yeah, he's like hacking the German code. He's the, the, doing... the, the man who like is coming up with the idea of Invented the computer. The computer. Yeah. Invented the premise of artificial was, was intelligence. Right. I mean, Scott's not wrong. He, he yeah. was doing tech. It's just it's just an oversimplification yeah. of who Alan Turing. Is. Do you want to review that movie right now? Let's do I was it. trying to move this conversation. I think along. the fact that Scott just said, "Oh yeah, I remember it," and it was okay, 
kind of points to like it's not a movie we should be doing for the podcast. Well, anyways, it's not a movie we are doing at at this <laughs> at juncture. This juncture in time. Although I might recommend it on your behalf, Jake, as a as a stand for you. Thank you. And because if, it's if all you of could our do it, uh, on my birthday, Alan Turing and I share a birthday. I will do it on your birthday and Alan Turing's birthday. But I'll be honest with you, mostly because of Alan Turing's birthday. That's when, fair. When did it come out? What, uh, the same year, year as No Country for Old Men, two thousand seven. Imitation game? It's not that old. That's what Jake just it, said. It, it went up against. It went up against something. I looked at it and it was. I mean, some, I just took Jake for his word that let, it went. Let up me against, let me let me look it up. Jake is wrong. Benedict Cumberbatch didn't even exist back in two thousand seven. It, it wasn't even. <laughs> it was just That's a live stream of when it actually happened. Two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. It came out. Uh, yeah, I guess you could technically nominate it then. Let's get to Burn After Reading. Yeah, so Jake, you nominated this movie after Zach shot down twice now on air. Yeah, and, that, and I think I said another game, another movie too, but I don't even remember what it was. Okay. Uh, just because season two Zach is, he's really affecting me. Oh yeah, how is season two Zach doing? I'm doing gr- I'm doing really well. He's yeah. real how feisty. How is season two Zach doing outside of the I, uh, I Whenever we record, I pump myself up. I listen to Meant to Live. 10 times. <laughs> That's true. I did see Zach in his Is car. that a Switchfoot song? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> full, full volume, I listened to it. I blast it. I saw Zach in his car, all the windows up, uh, just blasting, meant to live. A few, like, and then I was like, okay, it's done. He's probably going to get out. Mm-hmm. And then it started again. I was like, I'm just going to go inside yeah. and wait for it's him. It's part of my ritual now. And he came in about 20 minutes later. Mm-hmm. But ready to go as season two, Zach. And that's what I'm most impressed with. Thank you. Is it season one Zach that likes Switchfoot or season two Zach that likes Switchfoot? It's all of my life Zach that likes Switchfoot. Oh, so no matter what season we get into, you're still going to be a fan? I've always liked Switchfoot, yeah. Okay. I don't I understand was, why anyone has a problem with Switchfoot. Like, they're really great. I'm just trying to learn more about my friends. I was part of their fan club. I met the band after a concert. Yeah, I bet my, you that wasn't that hard to do. I, I give, I'm not saying it was. I give my friend Delon a lot of crap for uh, liking Switchfoot. So. I'm not saying it was like an impressive feat. I'm just trying to show you how much of a fan how I was. How do you meet all these famous people? I'm not going to say Switchfoot okay. is as famous as Tarantino, but what do you do? How are you I, doing this? Okay, well, to be fair. I saw at Danny, though. That's true. I paid to be a part of the Switchfoot fan club, so that's how I got to meet them. I was also really? like in middle school. How that was a thing back in the how day. How much did that cost you? I don't know. It, it probably only cost us thirty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, my dad paid for it. It was my birthday present. Wow. <laughs> Are you trying to piss off season two Zach right now, Jake? Yeah, Jake. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. I man. wouldn't do it. Man. Yeah, I'm a little afraid of season two. How's season Tyler's two? Tyler's already trying to piss of off the season two Zach. Like. <laughs> can't be doing good he's really aggressive i'm doing really well but i want to get to the movie all right let's do it wait what movie are we doing again uh there will be blood okay perfect <laughs> so we're doing burn after reading burn after reading is our second coen brothers movie so we did no country for old men two weeks ago it's also back-to-back brad, brad pitt. pitt for us we've done a lot of brad pitt movies too and not only this but it was back-to-back for the coens they wrote this script at the same time they were writing no country for old men they literally alternated days writing no country for old men and then writing burn after reading which i feel like is kind of brilliant like i feel like after a day of writing the no country for old men script like the next day they would just like it had to be such a release (laughs) to just write the insanity of what this is they probably wrote brad pitt getting shot in the head about 10 times just <laughs> just for a little release from no country yeah. for old men 
I, I completely agree. And I got to be honest, I'm thrilled because I had long felt like we need to do Cone Brothers and they were a directorial duo that we had been neglecting on this podcast. You know, we got like almost 50 episodes in, had not yet done Cone Brothers. And now we're doing them within two episodes of each other, which I love, especially because Jake, you chose one of their comedies. So they sort of alternate. We talked about this on the pod before, but they sort of alternate between like what Shakespeare would call uh, tragedy and comedy. Uh, and so for like reference, Romeo and Juliet is a comedy, not a tragedy. Uh, and Hamlet, I'm pretty sure is a comedy, not a tragedy. And this is a comedy much in the same way that Shakespeare's plays were comedies. Uh, and so I'm so excited that you nominated this. Yeah, I had to wait a little bit because it's in Scott's contract for the podcast that we need to have at least twice as many Roland Emmerich movies as Coen Brothers movies. Oh, mm. got it. So you just was, I was holding off. Well, yeah, I we, appreciate We that. have a few more Roland Emmerich coming up next, next batch. Yeah, actually, <laughs> uh, next month is Roland Emmerich month. And then we're getting right into Bummer Summer a little bit early. Yeah. <laughs> Where we have three more Roland Emmerich movies. <laughs> yeah. In Bummer Summer? Yeah. Well, they are all like, you know... Uh, like they're bummers for mankind. Day After Tomorrow. And yeah, they're they're bummers. Speaking 2012. Of, uh, bummer Summer. This could have been a Bummer Summer movie. It was... Uh, there was some, some bummer moments. There were. There were. But before we get into them, I'll, I'll, ran, I'll rail through just the facts. Ram through, rail through. Uh, Hammer down. Uh, Hammer down. Uh, this movie was released September 12th, 2008, which I just want to point out was one day after 9-11, which I feel like is an interesting call for one a movie. Day seven years. Yeah, I know, but like the anniversary <laughs> yeah. of September 11th, uh, which I feel like is interesting, an interesting release date for a comedy about intelligence. Like, United States intelligence. Yeah. Sort of about intelligence. That's a good, yeah. That's a good point. It, well, yeah. it's about the unintelligence of our national intelligence. I feel like it was a poignant decision to release one day after. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I know, Jake, I was looking right at you the whole time. I wasn't trying to elicit. How dare you, Jake? He does. He does. Tyler does this to me more than uh, anybody I've ever met. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where he'll say something that I don't necessarily need to respond to right at me. And I think he does it to me more than he does it to anybody else at this table. You it's know what? I think I don't respond to it when he does it. To me. <laughs> That's true. Scott's you're talking at a wall. <laughs> it's because Scott won't respond unless he wants to. I feel like Zach is already ready to respond. And so I want to hear from, I want to hear from my friend. Jake. Yeah. I'm too busy like listening. And then I'm like, Oh, I have to talk now. <laughs> you know, Cause you hit me at those, you know, when to do it when I'm like, I don't have anything in the chamber. I'm just listening to what you're saying. And then I'm like, Oh crap. It's time for me to go. So the other guys gave this as 78%. IMDb gave it a seven, which is one of our closest spreads between those two we've seen in a while, I feel like. Uh, it did $163 million in box office on a $37 million budget and was nominated for and won, obviously, no Academy Awards. It, I think I saw it won or was nominated for some Golden Globes or something. Or it whatever. did, yeah, yeah. And some Saturns for its... Uh it was Horror not movies. for some Saturns. There were some spooky parts. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was Scott's way of saying he was horrified by this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, Scott laughed about one time. 
during <laughs> this move while we're watching this movie. Yeah, you guys were cracking up though, so I was happy that you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> were you I, happy? I feel like that was that. Was, I feel like Scott just insulted us. I think so too. Zach, you had seen this movie before. Yeah, I had seen it before. Um, I had seen it once before. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious this time watching it. Um, it's not a movie I'm gonna like go back to watch time and time again because, like Jake said, it is a big bummer. Um, like I think more than anything, it just left me feeling kind of sad. Um, but it's a hilarious movie. Everyone in it is what? What was funny? About <laughs> it just it left me sad. feeling really sad, but it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the that juxtaposition is a, made. I I agree with you. I think that's yeah. accurate. But the juxtaposition it was humorous. Made me laugh. Yeah. Um, but I mean, more than anything, Brad Pitt is, uh, just so ridiculous in this movie and I love watching his character more than anyone else. Oh, I love it too. And you were saying, uh, last week, I guess it was that, uh, he, like that was such a, a different kind of role where we were yeah. playing the cool guy. And this is a, another case. Like, I don't think I've ever seen him play the dork, like goofy yeah. mess up screw up guy who yeah. gets shot in the forehead. Yeah. I've never seen Brad Pitt get shot in the forehead. Also gets shot in the forehead. <laughs> like I've seen him do the, all the other things you said, just not getting shot. Never in the shot in the forehead. Yeah. When when have you seen him being the goofball loser? I I was a joke. Just <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Scott actually knows Brad Pitt in real life. Yeah, I hang out with with Danny with Danny and B Boy all the time. <laughs> B Boy. That's what his close friends call him. <laughs> that's, that's what all of B Boy's close friends call him. <laughs> How did you get in, Jake? You're you're like impressed that I met sw- uh, that I paid to meet Switchfoot. <laughs> Meanwhile, Scott's friends with B Boy and here. Danny and Danny. But, you know, this is just it's this is just Scott's life, and I've come to accept it. I oh, didn't realize that it. you were one of those people too. Yeah, you know, Switchfoot. If meet- you could, I, I know B Boy's actually a big fan of Switchfoot. So if you could arrange a meeting, <laughs> I could let you meet B Boy. Yeah, I'm. Wait, hold on. Do it. We're living in a world where B boy can't arrange a meeting with. You know, all he's got to do is just friends that connect. He's got to order some some like tech gear, and they'll show up to his house (laughs) ready. Honestly, it'll be hard to get them to leave. (laughs) So, Jake, you nominated this movie, but you were uh, you were a late bloomer on it. Yeah. What were your thoughts watching this for the first time? It's interesting. I. I this I didn't know what to expect getting into it. I knew kind of what it was about, but not really. Uh, I liked it a lot, though. I thought it was funny. It took me. It took a minute for me to get into it. Um, like I think until we get introduced to Brad Pitt, I was like I was less into it. But then once that happened, it was off to the races for me. Uh, Scott, you were also a late bloomer on this, right? I had seen it um, once kind of in pieces. I, w- I never like sat down and like watched the whole thing. So like I- I've seen a lot of the scenes. Um, yeah, for me, it's just so, so I-, I didn't think it was overly funny. I didn't think it was bad, but for me, it was just very even keel just to whatever movie I probably would be fine. Never watching it again. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I, I had seen this movie once before. Well, no, that's not true. I'd seen it a couple of times before, but I think the first time I'd seen it, I was probably, 20 so it had been out for a couple of years and uh i rented it this was back in the day when netflix was something that you like ordered dvds to come to your house and it showed up like five days later yeah and i my family didn't have a netflix account i had a netflix account and i ordered 
this movie on Netflix, mostly because of Brad Pitt, to be honest. And uh, I died laughing. And mostly, I got to be honest, I think my favorite part of this movie, I, I really like it a lot. But I think my favorite part of this movie is J.K. Simmons. For sure. Yeah. Like, he's just hilarious. And up until this point, at, you know, where I was in life at 20, uh, back in, you know, 2010, uh, when I saw this, like the only thing I'd ever seen him as was J Jonah Jameson, uh, in Spider-Man. And I thought he was hilarious. Cause I never really, I thought J Jonah Jameson was a fine character, but like, I never really appreciated JK Simmons for his acting in that. But when I saw him in this, I was like, oh man, this guy is hilarious. Like he's a really good actor. Bit of trivia that I dug up, you know, sleuth it around the internet. Couldn't find this anywhere else. Uh, J.K. Simmons doesn't stand in the whole movie. <laughs> That's true. He sits down the entire time. He's only in two scenes. Yeah, so it's impressive that they kept him in a chair for that long. <laughs> yeah, he that's, like that's normally a stander. I don't know. According <laughs> to IMDb, that's trivia. It's, oh. it's one of those things that like only the Coens could do that, you know? Yeah, it's it's. I don't think anybody else could pull it off. Like, could you imagine uh, in Whiplash if J.K. Simmons was sitting the whole time? No, I could not. No, no it could. They they just couldn't pull it off. And I mean, some trivia I found too is that Chazelle wrote that character to be sitting the whole movie, and and uh, Simmons wouldn't do it. He rebelled. Yeah. He wouldn't do it. But then he, the Coens said, don't get out of that chair. And he's like, I, all right. Yeah. Wow. They almost <laughs> cast him as uh, Professor X in X-Men too, because then he would be sitting the whole time. <laughs> yeah, but he, he said, he said, who's directing it? And they said, oh, it, it's not the Coens. He's like, I'm not doing that role. Yeah, no. Get, so, get McAvoy. He'll do that. <laughs> He'll do that dribble. Drivel, nice. Thanks. Uh, uh, so we uh, we we talked about uh, you know the Cohen brothers and their you know two different sides of movies, and we talked about a lot of their movies before. Um, but Jake, had you ever seen any of their comedies before? Or was this your first comedy with them? I don't think I had. But um, what are some of their comedies? Like Fargo, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Hail Caesar. I had seen Fargo. I'd Big never Lebowski. seen Big Lebowski, but I'd seen Fargo before, which is super weird. But I, I'd only watched it on TV, and I don't remember a whole lot of it, if I'm honest. Well, I mean, this is super weird, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's weird in the way that Fargo is. I don't think it's as weird as Fargo is from what I remember, but okay. maybe I'm remembering wrong. And Scott, what about you? Had you seen it? I don't think you know, like we talked about it a, a couple of weeks back. but Yeah, no, I haven't seen most of those. I've seen pieces of hail caesar um but i never actually said i don't like i couldn't even tell you what hail caesar was about so no not really i guess another one oh no i'm sorry i i was gonna i was about to misspeak and say fantastic mr fox but that is uh that's wes anderson wes anderson yeah what does uh ballad of buster scruggs fall into it's a comedy oh i've seen that i like that a lot yeah uh, but so you, you've had like a little bit of like a uh, taste of the Cone brothers comedy, their brand of comedy. Uh-huh. Is it something you're into or like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I got, I got nothing more. Okay. That's that it. One. That's it's, great. I, yeah. I like it. Kind of uh, into I left, it, you know? Yeah, it is super different. I mean, for me, I love it, but it's not like a, uh, it's not Talladega nights funny. It's not 
Anchorman, you know, it's not liar, liar. It's not, uh, dumb and dumber. Like it's not all of these different comedies that are iconic comedies. Like this is a very different brand of comedy, but I think it has its place. And so that's my point in bringing that up is that it's like, do you guys think that this is comedy that it fits within comedy that has its place in comedy? I mean, yeah, for sure. Like even in this movie, I know we've talked about it a few times, but like when Brad Pitt gets shot, it was pretty funny. I died laughing too. Yeah. He just has this like dumb smirk on his face. <laughs> if I would have watched this without the three of you, I wouldn't have even labeled this a comedy. So did you not think this was funny then? Not really. Really? Is yeah. there, was there a moment in it that you thought was funny? Um, I mean, I thought just Brad Pitt's character itself was like a funny character. Sure. Um, but no, like, I, I don't know. It, it, I totally get what you're saying. Like, it does feel more like a Shakespearean, like, tragedy-style comedy. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel at all like the the traditional comedies, like, of today. So, that, like, I just wouldn't have labeled... I would have labeled it as, like, a tragedy, not as a comedy. Okay, got it. Um, I, uh, to answer your question, Tyler, I definitely think that this, like, has a place. Um, I would probably prefer this style of comedy to like an anchorman, um, or a, a liar liar or that kind of humor. Um, it feels a little bit more, I, I was going to say subtle, but I don't think the comedy in this is subtle really. Um, yeah, no, I think it hits you over the face. Everything yeah. is so over the top, but mm-hmm. the th- thing about it is I think everything it, it's very serious. Like everybody's treating it seriously and it's, serious and more heavy subject matter but it's super over the top at the same time yeah it it, it's the approach to comedy where it is uh it's not necessarily wacky people um but it is wacky situations but even the people themselves like with all of their realism they are like a little bizarre like they're all like i don't know about you guys but there are several people in this movie where it's like oh i know that kind of person you know (laughs) like it's they're they're hyperbole i guess like they're extreme versions of people i know in real life but they're all people i know in real life like uh lipsky linda lipsky the the sort of i guess one of the anchor characters or maybe the anchor character um i feel like to me, like at one point she is like driving in her car and she sees like secret agents like looking in on her and she hears a helicopter and looks up and there's like a guy hanging out of a helicopter looking at her with binoculars, just like not how, you know, we would think uh, the intelligence community would act and not how like the intelligence community would say that they would act. But that's her perspective. And I feel like in that moment, I was watching that and I laughed to myself because I I was like, man, I feel like we all have an Aunt Linda that is exactly like this, that like looks at the world around her and sees conspiracy and sees intrigue and sees everything happening against her. And it's like, it's not real, but like you see it that way. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, I was trying to think if there were any other characters like that, but the only thing I could think about was John Malkovich on his boat doing workouts by himself to the <laughs> old workout tapes, and I don't think I... Fortunately, I don't think I know anybody that's doing that. I think you do. You just haven't seen them in that intimate of a circumstance. Maybe. 
<laughs> like, I feel like you were, and I, I'm not going to call anyone out by name, but you were telling us about uh, a, a coworker that you had that like took a meeting in his bed. Oh, yeah. And I feel like how you described that interaction, I could see that guy also doing this kind of a I in this that circumstance. Dude seemed too chill, but <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe just because I saw him laying in a bed. <laughs> well, and and I don't know. I, I feel like for the Coen brothers for their comedy, and and I'm lumping a lot of things together, like this Big Lebowski Fargo in particular. I'm lumping these three movies together. And I was thinking about watching this movie, how like interesting it is that like they write characters in their comedies that never have an arc. They're all completely static characters. I was just thinking about that at the, like, I think I was thinking about it right at the end where I was like, I don't know what, where anybody went or like where, if we got anywhere, it was kind of when they were having that conversation with JK Simmons. And then he was like, okay, well, like, he's dead, he's in jail. And then I was like, oh, what happened? And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess nothing happened to any of these people except for that Linda got her surgeries. Well, and a couple of people died, a couple yeah. of people were in jail, a couple of people, like, you know. But, but they, they seemed unchanged. They were all unchanged the entire time. Yeah. And I think that's such an interesting way to write comedy, that you have, like, bizarre circumstances surrounding characters that, like, Right from the get-go, you know exactly what to expect from them, and they never change. It's just the wacky circumstances around them change. And then it's it's in huge, in this movie, like in huge pivotal moments in people's lives, you know, where change would probably come about. Yeah. And they don't. Like, it would be so natural for them to just become a better person or whatever. <laughs> they, they and not only does that happen in their comedies, but I would say that it happens... And, and I'll admit as well that I haven't seen a ton of the Coen Brothers movies, and but I I feel like I've heard this before that it also happens in their dramas as well. Yeah, that it's kind of just one of their themes. So Scott, I'm actually kind of curious, like uh, because you obviously loved No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. um, what about that movie like worked so well for you that, and what about this didn't work for you? Because I do feel like. Uh, obviously even though one's a comedy and one's a drama that there's similar themes. I mean, I don't think my issue with it was any of the themes. Um, there was just, I don't know. There's nothing like compelling to me at all about this movie. Okay. So what was compelling I, about no country for old men? Um, I don't know. I connected more with the characters. Like the, I, I didn't find myself connecting with or caring about any of the characters in this movie. You didn't care about Brad Pitt. No. He seems so friendly. <laughs> no. I got to be honest. I'm going to interrupt Scott real quick to say I absolutely know someone who watching this movie, it's like I know someone who is Brad's Pitt, Brad Pitt's character. Well, you're lucky. It, it, he's terrific. I love him. He's a sweetheart. Love him to death. But he is absolutely Brad Pitt's character. Um, Yeah, I... I think I would have enjoyed this better if it was in the style of No Country for Old Men, not in the comedy genre. If it was a drama? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you think, do you think that you could see this movie written as a drama that you would really enjoy? Like, mm-hmm. remove think, a lot of the wackiness? I think, like, the plot points are, are good. Like, I think it makes for an interesting movie. It just, 
for me, I just, yeah, the genre of it, I was just like, whatever. I don't think that you can write this movie as a, as a drama where like, you know, if you break it down, like gym employees find the memoir of a, <laughs> of a, uh, like a recently a CIA analyst. Yeah. Like fired slash quit CIA analyst. And they're trying to extort him with nothing to try to get $50,000 so she can get surgery. I feel like that might be the plot of Jack Ryan season three, but I could be wrong. I, I, I feel like you Ryan. definitely could write it as a drama. I think that you could write it as a drama. I wouldn't cast 60% of these actors for that because I feel like these actors perfectly lended to the comedy of it. Like, it worked perfectly as yeah, a comedy. I, I think they executed exactly what they were trying to do. Like, I don't, I'm not saying like they, they underperformed. I, it's just, gotcha. wasn't something that I at all, like just didn't hit your like or connect with. Yeah. yeah your subjective palette. I, I don't know. To me, the premise is so stupid. Like when you think about it, that I don't, I don't see it working as anything, but what it is. Yeah. I, 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 I like it a lot. Uh, I, I think that this movie for me and, and again, like to Zach's point, but also to Scott's, you know, maybe more underlying point. I think that there is a place for this type of comedy, this particular type of comedy, but I do think that it stands apart from like what we most expect from comedy movies. Oh, totally. And I think, you know, I, I, I would describe this and maybe critics would describe this as like a black comedy. Like it's just offbeat. It's irreverent, but it's not irreverent in like a in your face kind of way. It's a little bit more reverent, like behind the behind the pulse of it all. Like in, in particular that this was released the day after September 11th, like I, I could be wrong, but I feel like this is trying to make a real like poignant point to American intelligence that like we brush a lot of crazy stuff under the rug and that maybe we brush some crazy stuff under the rug surrounding 9-11 and, and have done that year over year over year. And, and I think that that's funny and I, but I also think that it has a place and I think that it's important for us to be able to laugh at things that point back to unfortunate truth. Uh, and so I like that about this movie and maybe that's not what everyone takes away from this movie and that's okay. Like I'm not saying I'm right and anyone else is wrong. Um, but I think that it has a place, but I totally get why it's not it's not what you expect. It's not a, a typical comedy and it is a little bit offbeat. It is a little bit um, rough around the edges, you know, in the way that it's dramatic, you know, shooting Brad Pitt in the forehead uh, as he uh, has a shit eating grin on his face. Like that's not overtly funny, but it is like, in the context of everything, it is pretty funny. Oh, because right right after that, he runs away. He runs downstairs and grabs a kitchen knife. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. comes back up to try to make sure he's dead. Yeah, just staring at the body like he's like he's daring it to move. Yeah, and then he he's like, just like he rolls back in, grabs his gun, and he's like, oh, I think he's dead. And then they're, he's looking through his, he's got $3 and no ID in his wallet. 
and his his tags have been uh, torn out of his jacket. For so deniability. because he's he, and and this character George Clooney's character has been obsessed about the fact that he's being followed. Like he's clearly paranoid. You know, like oh, uh, un unreasonably paranoid. I think very reasonably paranoid because he is actually being followed the whole movie. Uh, but just not by who he thinks he's being followed by. He thinks he's being followed by spooks. Yeah. Uh, but he's being followed by his wife's... Uh, a private investigator. <laughs> yeah, for his wife's... Uh, divorce. Divorce attorney. Law firm, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, like, he's super paranoid, and, and he's made a point several times throughout the movie that, like, I've never fired my gun in service. Like, I've never, you know, I've never shot anybody, is what he's he said multiple times leading up to this moment of finally shooting somebody. And so what does he do? He wraps him up in a sheet and drops him off in the Chesapeake Bay. Why did he do that? I don't know. <laughs> and I love, I love the, the intelligence communities, uh, you know, example, like exemplified by all of the interactions with JK Simmons. And I don't remember the actor's name that, that, you know, he's against in those scenes, but, but it's like, well, why do you do that? We have no idea. Like, well, who's that? We're still kind of fuzzy on who she is. (laughs) Well, report back to me when it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did you guys have any other, like, I feel like we've hit like three parts of the movie. Do you guys have any part, other parts you really liked or like things you liked about it or didn't looking at you, Scott? (laughs) <laughs> like I said, I didn't dislike the movie. Uh-huh. It just was whatever for me. Like I, I was bored for most of it. I could tell. I hit, uh, <laughs> you were on your phone for half of it. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I hit a point of diminishing return. I think after Brad Pitt dies, yes, um, it's a little hard for me to, uh, I guess, just kind of care about the plot from that point on. It kind of feels like we kind of know the direction it's going, even though. There's a, still a couple surprises that happen, um, but I'm feeling like ready to kind of wrap the movie up after that point. I think I kind of felt that way maybe a little bit after that, but as soon as Brad Pitt died, I was like, man, I hope we're close to the end because he's, he's, I love watching him and he's like most of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. I love everything he does in the movie, the way he's stupid and always wearing his cargo shorts in his belt, <laughs> even when he's working out. I, I completely remember that part, but I, completely forgot that uh that john malkovich ends up killing richard jenkins character yeah yeah. that part made me so sad (laughs) why uh because he's the only like redeemable character and the only like normal character he broke into that house well but he did it out of love for linda like he doesn't make it not a crime I, I know, but the thing is, is that like all these characters the entire time are doing like these completely immoral things and like uh, potentially illegal things. And then out of self-interest yeah. for like, you know, and money. The, and the one time he goes against his like code Heart of ethics, bodies, it code costs, of ethics. He, he gets beaten to death by a hammer, you know? And he is a hatchet, yeah, not a, a hammer. Hatchet, a yeah. hatchet. Oh, is it a hatchet? And he is yeah. all about the hard bodies image that I think one of my favorite lines uh, in the movie was when he comes and he's like, you're the guy from the gym. He's like, I am not here representing hard. Bodies. <laughs> he was very emphatic, like about like his character was all about his job. Like it was all about his job except when it wasn't. And when it wasn't, it was about trying to woo Linda. 
and everything that he did that wasn't about hard bodies, it was about Linda. And I, I, I get you, Zach. Like I appreciate his, uh, uh, all of these characters we've talked about, they're super static, but I appreciate his like virtue, I guess. Yeah. And, and it, it is sad that he gets murdered. Yeah. It was a bummer. I, like when I thought he was getting away, I was like, yes. And then I was like, Oh, <laughs> he's not getting away. So much worse than getting away. Even the way that like JK Simmons character uh, and then the other guy that he's talking to at the very end are looking at this situation when it's like this man who I can't say he's innocent. He did break into um, Osborne Cox's home. Well, but it wasn't Osborne Cox's home. Osborne bro- broke into that's true. his ex-wife's home. That's true. And was stealing stuff from his ex-wife at the time when he shot. Yeah. That is true. But he still broke in too. Yeah, but up, sure. up into this point, as far as we know, this guy is an upstanding citizen who is unduly murdered. And to J.K. Simmons, uh, they're just glad that everyone's dead and that this is just wrapped up. Just kind of like that like hardened look at this, you know? Like no, no sympathy at all for this kind of guy, you know? I will say, too, one of the things that really worked for me in this movie was George Clooney. Like, we haven't really talked about him a lot yet, but he is fantastic in this movie. I think he's super funny. His facial expressions say even more than his words, but I love some of the lines they wrote for him, like his uh, well, hey line that he says to every woman that he meets that like predictability and then like every home that he walks into he's like remarking about their floors like oh these are really nice floors is this and he like rattles off the type of flooring that it is uh i i i think it's hilarious yeah he no he's really funny he um he's always a treat to watch in any of the coen brothers movies yeah, I, I thought he was very funny. I guess he just got outshone, outshone by Brad Pitt and then by like some other funny small parts like J.K. Simmons. But no, he was he was great too. I thought that they were going to be interacting more, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, because I love them together. But I honestly wasn't that disappointed that the one interaction they had. John Malkovich was also really great. He was terrifying. And now that I think of it, I, I don't think I can think of a movie that I've seen him in where he's not really mad all the time <laughs> it's because the, it's the only thing that he can act <laughs> yeah. is that like have you guys seen a movie like where he's just like even keel i'm maybe, trying to think i can't maybe being john malkovich i was gonna say i've never seen i, being I john think malkovich. he's kind of mad i think he gets pretty mad in that movie too he, i remember he does yeah like i it's been a long time since i've seen it but all i remember is like a scene where someone's driving by and they just throw something out of the car at him like a like a stranger just chucks yeah. something and it nails him in the head yeah yeah <laughs> sounds pretty funny <laughs> But I feel like, I mean, Scott, you're right. Like that is like what it's sort of like Samuel L. Jackson is famous for playing Samuel L. Jackson. And you like almost cast John Malkovich to be John Malkovich. Sure. Yeah. Like you cast him to be upset and, you know, yell like John Malkovich not yelling is probably just contract. It might be. I just don't think he would ever say yes to anything that he doesn't get to yell in because that's his, like, where he shines. Was Brad Pitt eating in this movie? 
Yeah, well, yes and no. He was chewing no. gum in most scenes. That's and true. And also drinking juice from the Jamba drinking juice. drinking that orange juice, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of... the Jamba of, juice. And the Jamba juice. Lots of eating, lots of drinking. Still, yeah, a lot of jaw work. Almost all of his scenes had jaw work in them, for sure. I think because this movie is so different from all of his other, like, roles, I actually appreciate his acting in this more than I do in most of his other movies. No, I... I get that. Can you explain like more what you mean? Just because it shows that he can do other things be- besides be the the cool guy that knows exactly what's happening. Did you not think Brad Pitt was funny in this movie? I said that earlier. I thought he oh, was like you? one of the only he funny the things only in, funny part. in the movie. Yeah. So you didn't think like George Clooney was funny in this? No, I thought he was a boring character. Really? Yeah. You didn't like laugh. When I, I I could virtually every other George Clooney movie. When I, he I like walked more. upstairs, <laughs> when he was uh, so upset and he walked upstairs and grabbed his, his sex pillow. pillow and <laughs> took it downstairs with him. No. Puts it in the back of his car. <laughs> no, didn't no. do it for Nothing me. about that was funny to you? Not really. For sure. Well, I'll say, I don't think that that was entirely George Clooney. I think that that was incredible directing like yeah, that definitely. they just that they just kept the camera like where they kept it and let him go upstairs cut back to tilda swinton cut back to yeah. the stairs the empty stairs for him to walk into frame like i i thought it was i thought it was more funny writing and funny directing than it was funny george clooney sure but i think his facial expressions throughout are just hilarious yeah and i don't mean to imply that that was all on george clooney but more so that like that was objectively like a funny scene yeah sure and, like oh. i'm surprised that scott you didn't think it was a funny scene because i i cracked up during that scene I didn't for sure. Okay, I uh, I was also thinking about the. It's it's no Anchorman too. So <laughs> I hated Anchorman too. So <laughs> even though you bought it, I did buy it because I wanted to watch it a second. Time. <laughs> <laughs> when you got a hankering for it, you know. Well, I, Tyler can recall when we watched Anchorman two in theaters. We walked out and we were like, "Why did we just waste our time and money?" What's funnier, that? this or uh, Anchorman two? Um, I think they're completely different genres. What makes you laugh more? I would definitely laugh more at Anchorman 2. I've never seen it, <laughs> but I feel like that's a big oof. Zach backed you into a corner on that one, but was very disgusted with your <laughs> response. Zach asked I mean, that question knowing it was answer. He knew the answer. I laughed a half a time when we watched this movie. Like I said, I he backed I you into a corner. I laughed more at There Will Be Blood than I laughed at this. <laughs> so, you didn't think it was funny like when Brad Pitt got punched in the face? And then he was so no upset. because I've seen all these scenes, but like nothing think was, was unexpected he, for me. I he knew said it was all that coming. Brad Pitt was the funny one. I mean, I've seen this movie several part. times before, but I still laughed at it several times. It like just didn't for me for sure for sure no <laughs> for sure I, yeah, I could say it like eight more times if you want me to though. But could no? Could you do it eight it's times fine. In a row? I could do ten times. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. No? It's fine. Yeah, you want me to? No, yeah. let's let's not beat a dead horse. Uh, you can mute us, and then we'll we'll get going with that. <laughs> <laughs> you and Scott, so that he can say it to you personally. Yeah, just whisper in my ear. All right, so Jake, uh, how like before we get into the the proper ratings, how would you rate this in terms of a? We've now seen two Coen Brothers movies together. Uh, how would you rate this in terms of Coen Brothers movies since you recommended this one? And how would you rate this in terms of like comedy movies before we get into like proper ratings? Would you say that this is high or low for you in those categories? I mean, 
if we're talking about Coen Brothers movies that we've done, this is low because, you know, there's two. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's bottom half for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but comedies, I don't know. I mean, I think it's like, like, like mid, mid high tier comedy. I think it's funny. I probably won't watch it again for a long time, you know, sure. but like I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I wasn't, I don't think I was busting up the whole time, but I laughed hard several times. And Scott, for an uh, hour and a half movie too. That's not that bad, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Scott, have you seen many movies, many comedies that you would put in this particular like genre of comedy that like I, I would describe as maybe black comedy, but like, you know, people may have their own like description for that. But for this, would you say that you've seen anything like this before? Mm, I, I'd have to like off the top of my head. No. Okay. As a genre, then would you say that this is something that you're interested in or like that? This was just, you know, uh, not, not for you. Uh, I'm not going to like write off the genre. I'd be interested if there was other like highly well-acclaimed movies in this like style. So how would you compare this to a movie? I know you've seen that's similar, uh, like seven psychopaths, which is, I like seven psychopaths or uh, three billboards. I haven't seen that. I thought we watched it together. I don't think, what is it? The Francis, (laughs) Francis McDormand, Francis McDermott, who's in this, she was Linda Livett limits or whatever her, her last name was in this movie her daughter was murdered and and she's in and i i would say that that isn't a comedy i would say that that's a drama i think that the like, whoever directed that movie would disagree i think it was categorized as a dark comedy I, I i could be mistaken i i would say other dark comedies like this maybe more in that same vein would be things like uh seven psychopaths for sure uh, maybe like uh, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Did you ever see Little Miss Sunshine? Nope. But I like Seven Psychopaths. Okay. So maybe interested in more dark comedies, potentially. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't feel like, like when I think of dark comedy, this isn't what I think of. What do you think of? Um, I It's hard to describe. I mean, I, I think of like, difficult situations and like bad stuff happening to people kind of like what happens in here. But I don't know the way this was implemented. It didn't feel that way to me. Okay. Fair enough. It just didn't come across as a comedy to me. Really? Zach, in terms of comedies in this genre, in the Coen brothers genre of comedy, do you feel like this hits or is a miss? No, for sure. Hits. I like this movie. I, this is uh, probably my favorite. And again, I haven't seen a ton of the Coens because they have a pretty like extensive uh, filmography. Um, but uh, this is probably my favorite Coen Brothers comedy. Well, the main reason why I ask is that I assume that we're going to rate this movie on the mid-spectrum. I, that's just my assumption. But I want to give some benefit of the doubt before we rate it for the fact that We've not rated, we've not reviewed many comedy movies and we've definitely reviewed zero, I, I think, dark comedy movies. Um, that sounds right. I'm trying to remember. I don't think we have. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that this is a new category, pardon me, a new category for us. And so I wanted to g- give a little bit of like benefit of the doubt before we jump into rating. 
Sure. Real quick, I have a question because I'm I'm trying to think through like um, our past comedies, and Steve Zissou came up in not. It's definitely not a dark comedy, but more in like a kind of like a uh, maybe, quirky comedy, yeah, quirky like unconventional comedy. And sure. so I want to know, like Scott, what works better for you, this or Steve Zissou? What did you think was funnier? Um, or just neither. I would say I didn't really laugh the first time I watched Steve Zissou either, but in the months after, like in, th- I think thinking situationally about it afterwards, it becomes more funny over time. That's uh, fair. Like how so many comedies do. Like, oh, sure. I don't think there's a single Will Ferrell movie that I liked the first time I watched it. Okay. Almost all of them I think are ridiculous and stupid. And then I like them as clips later, similar to how you talk about um, Napoleon, Napoleon dynamite. And so, like, I could see myself like reflecting on this movie down the road and be like, "Oh yeah, like that's a that's that was a funny situation or that was sure, funny." But, sure. Um, I, once again, I think they're just so different; it's hard to compare them. It's interesting that you say that about Steve Zizou because what's his name, Wes Anderson? I feel that way about almost every Wes Anderson movie uh, at all. Like, I watch it and then I don't necessarily laugh that much, and then I think about it later. I'm like, "That was actually really funny," and I want to watch it again. It's yeah. one of those things where you just don't appreciate it the first time through because you don't know. Like, so much for me, like, there's context. And a lot of times, I don't like a movie until I've seen it once. And it's part of why I don't mind, like, like I always look into, like, spoilers for things. And part of it is it gets me in the mind of I know what I'm getting myself into so that I can prepare my mind to receive it well. Sure. Yeah, no, I know I know that feeling. I, I feel like I had a similar experience the first time I saw No Country for Old Men. And then even a little bit, there will be blood. And even in a weird way... Avengers Endgame, mm. like that kind of uh, like bunked my expectations and I wasn't really sure how I felt about it. And then the more I thought on it and then again, when I saw it again, I was like, okay, no, I do really like this movie and this kind of conclusion to this chapter of the MCU. Totally. But the first time I was like, I don't know if I like the direction this is going in. Well, and know? I've, I've rewatched There Will Be Blood and I would definitely rate it a lot higher than what I did. Yeah. So like p- part of it is, is, is context for me. So um, I'm, I'm slow. Like, I'm really trying to like, think of like, okay, where should I rate this? Sure. But, um, yeah, but it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of an outlier for you. Right. Uh, like in terms of trying to contextualize it with other things we've done. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's, I feel like it's a new genre entered. Uh, I was looking through some of the other rankings and, um, so much of where I try to put things is where I compare them to other movies. And I do think I've thrown myself off with both there will be blood and social network. I think those are two movies I've rated too low. Um, but, uh, I think I know around where I'll put this one. I I'm super interested to hear in like a year or two that you, for whatever reason on your own or like with other people happen to rewatch this movie and, and maybe have a different impression knowing what you went into it with. It's possible. Uh, not saying they will happen, but like not saying they will be different, but I'm just saying like, I'm super interested to hear if that ever if happens. That happens. Yeah. Uh, like if you have a different experience with it. Um, so let's jump into, let's jump into ratings. Uh, Jake, I know you've insisted that there are no servers, but I still don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, are they like, are they, cloud-based servers are they like well that no 
are 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 we like do we, do we wanna, are we borrowing gpu from other machines like bitcoin like do we, uh do we want to get into <laughs> web-based computing yes. <laughs> at this ju- at this time <laughs> because uh, i have a lot to say about it <laughs> i do it every day well since you have a lot to say about that and since you nominated this movie i'd love to hear what you would rate it i'm gonna give it a 7.8 and zach what would you give this movie i'll give it a 7.9 uh, I'm going to save Scott's rating for last. I mean, I'm going to give this a 7.3 and Scott, what would you give this movie out of 10? Uh, I'll, I'll give it a 6.7. That feels too low, but higher than I thought you were going to do. Yeah. It's not a bad split to be honest between six, seven and seven, nine. It's, it's really not a bad split. Just as a reminder, the other guys gave this a 78%. IMDB gave it a seven. Uh, and you heard it here first on Rotten Potatoes. This is a 74%. That's crazy. What re- <laughs> what really influenced me to 6.7 is I rated Birdman 6.8, and I definitely think Birdman was better than this. Would you watch this again before you'd watch Birdman again? No, I would watch Birdman a second time before I'd watch this I don't again. think anything could get me to watch Birdman again. <laughs> really? <laughs> even though even though you rated it higher. No, I think it was re- I think it was good. I had a terrible time watching it though. Oh, no, you didn't. You rated Birdman a 7.5. I'm sorry. You think it's really crazy that we rated this a 7 uh, 74? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Right in between I was, yeah, I was going to say like guys. this seems that seems appropriate. Yeah, there to was me. just there was just some dead space, you know. Sure, yeah. And I was like let's let's get some sound in there cuz that's what this is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're here no. for sound. No, you're right, you're right. We should probably do like just in 5 minutes of silence before we sign off. Let's do it. No. Yeah, actually instead uh could you guys as fans, just give me, you know, your Nickelback. I'm not Nickelback. Switchfoot opinions. <laughs> Nickelback. What the fur? Dang, he wow. just picked up Switchfoot and Nickelback, Zach. And how, I, how did you even I'm gonna be honest, use the it two? It wasn't even on purpose. The chances of you meeting B-Boy at this point are so low. <laughs> so, so little. I, do you think that B-Boy is a Nickelback fan? No, he's no. a big Switchfoot fan. Yeah, Switchfoot you, fan. Insulted, and you insulted the them same. by comparing him to Coldplay. Coldplay. <laughs> Coldplay. <laughs> We're just, how many bands can we confuse <laughs> right now? When's you hate coming? you too? You hate you too, Scott. Are you kidding me? I actually am not a huge U2 fan. <laughs> Honestly, same. No one is a U2 fan more than Bono. Uh, but before we... <laughs> <laughs> but before we get out of here, everybody's a YouTube fan. We all have that album. I deleted it. <laughs> Zach, you uh, you have our next nomination up. Do you know what it's going to be? Is it going to be Scott Pilgrim it's, versus the no, World? No, it's going to be the invitation game. game. I think I'm going to do Scott Pilgrim versus the World just to make <laughs> you have to watch it. You know, I think that I'll still like it more than you will. <laughs> but Scott will stick to it. He won't change it. He, he is just, there a way that I can do like Scott Pilgrim versus the world twice where you have to watch it back to back? Is that a possibility? <laughs> no, you would have to convince me or Jake to also do it. Oh, can we both do the same but, movie? Pass. But wait on. If we've done it, then by definition, we can't do it again. That's true. No, it. if we both say we chose it and then we just release that episode twice. I see. No, Maybe. it still doesn't work. Zach, what uh, what movie are you jumping into next? Week? I think we're I think we're gonna uh, take a deep dive into um, my date with the president's daughter. 
Dude, sick. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Disney Channel original. Mm-hmm. That's the prequel to White House Down, right? I believe so. It is. Okay. But but the sequel to First Kid with Sinbad. Didn't oh, okay. Roland Emmerich direct my date with the president? All three of them. Did he? I think so. All yeah. three of them. He did. He yeah. did. <laughs> In that trilogy. Yeah. I think Tyler's going to break our equipment if we keep going. Sorry. Uh, no, we're going to be watching Pan's Labyrinth. It'll be our first uh, uh, non-English movie, mm-hmm. which will be very exciting for me to find an audio clip from to do our <laughs> oh, cold <heck> open. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I, I didn't think of that at all. <laughs> I hate reading subtitles. Can I be honest? Really? Why? Uh, because it's all I look at. Like when I, I watch, I've been watching a lot of uh, non-English language movies, you know, and I'll just be looking at the subtitles and then I'll realize that I haven't looked at the actors. Don't you like five, reading books? Minutes. Yeah, but not when I'm watching movies. <laughs> I'm just saying, pick, pick a side, dude. Pick a lane, Jake. I, I, I'm trying to pick a lane. I'm trying to pick the lane of watching a movie <laughs> or reading a book. There's got to be like a, a, pan, a Pan's Labyrinth dub on YouTube. That we could oh, use. no. No, thank you. Uh, I'd rather just have uh, Jake and I reenact a scene in English. Let's that's, do it. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I'm super down. Sure. I've never seen the movie, so I don't know what scene it would be. I haven't seen it either, but I want to be the guy with uh, eyes on his hands. Yeah, you could be that, and Scott will be the little girl. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, David Bowie, right? Nope. Nope. Very uh, different labyrinth. I'm nominating that one. <laughs> you all, you just nominated this. Yeah. What are you trying to have a labyrinth month? Yeah. <laughs> labyrinth, Pan's Labyrinth. Did you really Any think other David labyrinth? Bowie was in Pan's Labyrinth? No, I did not. Oh, okay. What's the one with the, all the, the, the kids that go out into the like hedges and have to like find their way back? Children of the Corn? <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't remember what it was. We're just rambling at this Tell point. Tell me where you are. <laughs> Perfect. Is this just the outro for all my movies? Are you still in Kono? Because it I can is. get someone there to help you. That was a, a nice <laughs> Scott, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? We're still recording. Yeah, of course. I we're was about to take recording. my headphones off. No. no. Um, my only piece of feedback for this movie is 